Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I am so glad you're here today at Last First Date Radio. I am the founder and chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com, and Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life, and we bring you experts to talk about how to have healthier relationships, how to sustain a relationship, how to have better sex, how to attract the love of your life, um, and if you're in a relationship, how to really make it better. So I'm so glad you joined us. We have a great guest coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with Nicole DeRocco. Sorry, um, <clears throat> I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and I, um, she's going to be speaking about dating with grace and about being feminine in the 21st century. And let's find out more about what that means As a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives because often they succeed at everything, but when it comes to relationships, they, they have some things that they get in the way, some limiting beliefs. Sometimes it's just really being clueless about the kinds of messages that we are projecting out into the world of dating and relationships. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see women make, and I am guilty of making this very same mistake, especially when I started dating after my divorce, is that I dated with what we call masculine energy. And that means that I brought the same energy that I brought to work, my competitive nature, my ability to get things done, my drive, um, I was making decisions all day long, running my own business, and so when you get into a dating arena and you, and you show up and you do the same thing, it's a major, major turnoff to the men you're attracted to. So if you want to attract, this is for the ladies out there, if you want to attract a really high-value guy who's got the masculinity that you're attracted to, then you need to learn how to date uh, in your feminine energy as the beautiful feminine woman that you are. And that does not mean that you suppress who you are. It means that you bring out more of the feminine energy. And we're going to talk about that today on the show. So um, uh, what I did is I took the three most common mistakes that people make in dating, and I outline them in a free guide for you, and I would love for you to have a copy all you have to do is go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage to get the top three mistakes midlife daters make and how you can turn them around to find lasting love. Also, any women out there who are single and over 40, please join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. So you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Your Last First Date. And I will approve your entry if you are a single woman. I've had a lot of guys who tried to get in, but no boys allowed. This is a safe space for women to come and talk about their dating issues, 
um, share their successes, and um, it is a fabulous place to get support, and it won't cost you a thing. Um, Last First Date is proud sponsor of Audible Books, and if you would like to get um, is proud to be sponsored by Audible Books. Not we are not sponsoring Audible Books, um, but Audible is a fabulous company. So if you are not yet a member of Audible, I invite you to join. Um, you can join for free for the first month. You get one month of free membership and a free book, and you can choose from over 180,000 books. I think they have now. So um, the URL to go to is audible.com forward slash last first date. That's audible.com forward slash last first date. And now for our guest, Nicole DeRocco. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, she is the founder of Dating with Grace, and she's devoted to helping executive women have the confidence and skills to attract a healthy, extraordinary, loving relationship. She's a recovering human resources executive, and we're going to find out what that means. Nicole's also a certified dating and relationship coach, and she's a blogger and a public speaker. She understands the challenges facing women in the business world and how working in such an environment can influence how women approach dating and relationships. When you know that you can be in your feminine grace, you can attract the right man. And Nicole supports smart, savvy, professional women to gain the know-how that they need to date successfully. So I'd like to welcome you to the show, Nicole. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sandy, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So let's start with this recovering HR executive that you are. (laughs) Um, Can you explain what you mean by that? Yes, of course. Um, Happy to. So obviously when we use the word um, recovering, it's about stopping or trying to stop a behavior that you've been doing for a long time and that's harmful to you. And so I spent many years in a highly structured profession and there was a triggering event that occurred about a year after I left my corporate life that brought awareness to how much that part of my life influenced really all aspects of my life. And um, I had taken up painting lessons because I wanted to do something creative. And um, I had been going, uh, you know, every week, and I had finished my first painting. And my painting instructor wanted me to add more paint and more detail to the paint. Uh, and, and, but I liked it the way it was. And I didn't want to add more paint because I was afraid I would mess it up. And just as a sidebar, because I know you're a painter, uh, Sandy, <laughs> I paint in acrylic. So for okay. for those of you who know about painting and types of paint, you can't mess up acrylic. It just you just That's paint true. over it. <laughs> yeah. So each week for the next three weeks, I'd return to class, and my instructor would comment that I needed to add more paint and I needed to add more detail to the painting. And I thought, what is going on? Why am I sitting on this painting, afraid to follow? my instructor's guidance. And then it hit me. When I don't feel confident in something, I procrastinate, which is really what we all do. (laughs) And so 
at the same time, I was in the master's program in organizational behavior and coaching, and I happened to have a mentor coach as part of my master's curriculum in coaching. And so I decided to to bring this up to her as a topic for coaching, and I explained what was going on, and she said to me, Nicole, are you getting a grade in this painting class? And I said, Mm -hmm. no. And she said, is there a promotion dependent upon this painting class? And I said, no. And she said, it occurs to me that the highly structured, regimented environment that you left where you were the expert and always in control and directing has carried over into something that should be fun. What would it be like if you let go of the need to be the expert and in control and just had fun? And at that moment, the light bulb came on, and I went back to class, and I added more paint, and I added more detail to the painting, and it turned out to be so much better than what it was originally. And um, so hence, recovering, recovering human resources executives, so getting over the fact that I didn't have to be in control and direct and be the expert for something that really was just meant to be fun. And that's what we're talking about today, being in your feminine grace in dating. Wow. So being in your feminine grace has something to do with fun? Yes, absolutely. It's a lightness. It's about being fun. Um, you know, it's it's um, it, it. What what I should say is first is that it's not about being submissive, right? And it's and um, it's not about uh, a woman giving up her power when she is being supportive and warm and kind to the man in her life. In fact, she's actually empowering both her partner and herself when she's in her her feminine grace. Um, so, you know, there there are qualities um, that good men, and you alluded to this earlier, find very desirable in women. And when I say, you know, good men, I, of course, I mean men who are intelligent and personable and successful in their work and they're ambitious and they're sure of themselves and the world around them. And so these men are the leaders of their kind and most, if not all, women are attracted to men who know how to lead, right? So um, usually strong male leaders have a tendency to look beyond a woman's outward beauty and her charm. And instead, these men really tend to analyze a woman's character and her behaviors. And so for the woman who wants to attract that kind of man who is a leader among other men, she's got to know what qualities these men find highly attractive. And so when we're talking about graves, it's not simply about a woman's appearance. It has more to do with how a woman carries herself. And that woman in her feminine grace will have no trouble attracting a high-quality man. It's really the foundation by which a woman should live her life if she wants to be her happiest with, you know, the greatest capacity to, to give and receive love. So she's truly happy being a woman, and she's comfortable with her femininity without being overtly sexual. Um, you know, she's she's come into rapport with being a woman. She loves every aspect of it. And just, you know, just some, um, share with you some examples of um, being in one's feminine grace. A woman who's in her feminine grace 
doesn't need a man to feel complete, but she is quite happy to admit that she wants one. She mm-hmm. is empowered by being a woman, and she doesn't use it as an excuse. So think about, you know, people that we meet in life that use, you know, things um, as a crutch. This woman who's in her feminine grace doesn't say, I didn't get the job because I'm a woman or this happened to me because I'm a woman. She doesn't use her gender as an excuse. She is comfortable with herself, and she likes who she is. And um, she's she's very um, um, confident, and she takes responsibility for her life. And I think of equal importance, Sandy, here, is that she genuinely likes and appreciates men. Mm. That's a tough one for a lot of women. Um, So some of this, like the confidence and taking responsibility, you know, and not being a victim, Mm -hmm. a lot of women have that down. But that last thing you said, (laughs) um, it's really hard for women who've been in bad relationships especially long-term marriages that didn't work where the man was not a leader. He was not a man of character. And so maybe all of her experiences, even from childhood, have been with men who she didn't respect. And so how does a woman make that leap from not really trusting or respecting men to learning to do that? Uh you know that's that's a great question. I you know I would say first and foremost, and it, you know, and, and this is something that comes up with my clients as well. Um, it's that you know every man is an individual, and we can't project onto others. You know because of a of a bad situation, a bad experience, and um, so it is. And, and you know, for example, and, and I'll talk to you about, you know, when a woman is in her feminine grace and dating, she's in the moment. She's in the present. You know, she's enjoying mm-hmm. versus projecting out. So that's an ex- – right? So so the question about how does she move past, you know, you know not being able to, to trust is that she's really got to dig deep within herself and um, look within and to remove, you know, and and working with a coach does help that, removing those barriers that are keeping her from being open uh, to to love Um, and really reminding herself that, you know, this every man is is not that way. So um, I I don't know what your experience has been um, around that with, with your clients. Um, I I totally agree with you. I, I do similar work with my clients. Um, I definitely think that we that people tend to project past experiences onto the person in front of them, and this is a big problem in dating. You know that um, they make assumptions that if somebody cheated on you, this this person sitting across from you is going to also cheat on you. So you date with that in mind, and you end up finding the cheaters, um, and then supporting the evidence that Mm -hmm. you only attract cheaters or that all men are cheaters. So basically what we project is what we attract and what we find um, because we're looking for it. So I agree Mm -hmm. with you. I think that we need to look at people as having a clean slate. I mean, I think it's Mm -hmm. true of of everything we do, um, that if we, you know, we don't want to constantly be 
be projecting our bad experience and our triggers onto the people that we go out with. Right, exactly. Well, so let so let me talk about, you know, how we can so how does one get into their feminine grace and not be that way? So first and foremost, she's got to be um, you know, have done the work on the inside, right? And so part of being, you know, in uh centered in one's feminine grace is um is practicing extreme self-care. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's doing things that make you feel happy. And, and so in that way you attract love from the inside out. And so, um, you know, for example, in, at the start of 2015, and I've carried this into 2016, I declared that I wanted to have a joyful life. And I wanted to do things that brought me joy. So for years, you know, you know, after taking ceramics, you know, as a young girl, I took up painting because I wanted to do something creative again. And then I um, also, you know, my passion for wine and learning culminated in a semester-long wine class at a local college. And so, you know, there I, I became more versed in the study of grapes and, and the study of wine and winemaking. And, you know, I, I speak basic conversational wine now. Um, and then on the uh, on the heels of my wine class, I decided I wanted to take a trip, and I went on a food and wine excursion through Provence. And um, I didn't know anyone in my six-person travel group until I arrived in Bonneau, Provence. And I happened to discover that one of my travel companions is a Holocaust survivor. She was a young Holocaust survivor, but... She was such an inspiration to me, and I spent eight awe-inspiring days with her and these other people who I, you know, had never met, came from all, you know, around the country, different parts of the country. And so in those moments, I created joy in my life. So, you know, I added joy to my life by my painting and my wine classes and my trip to Provence. And so when I do things that bring me joy, I attract joy. And so that's the life that I want to create. And then I'm able to focus on who best fits into my life because, you see, it occurs to me that people have this in reverse. Find the man and then figure out what kind of life to build. But I say ask yourself what kind of life you want to create and then by attracting love from the inside out, you're actually forming the space that the man needs to come into your life. And so then he knows he doesn't, you know, he already knows you're happy. He doesn't have the onus to make you happy. He just wants to make you happier. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, working on yourself first and then doing, you know, asking yourself what kinds of what kind of life do you want to create, who best fits into that life, and um, you're really putting yourself in the best place for it. That is really um, a, a, a great way to practice, ex- you know, uh, feminine grace in extreme self-care. Yeah, I love that. I I totally totally agree with you, and I help clients do the same thing. And I think that so many of us grew up not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not prioritizing ourselves, and this is what leads to so many bad decisions and when it comes to relationships because we're always accommodating. And I remember at one point in my marriage feeling like I am like a pretzel. Like I I will 
twist myself into a pretzel to make this relationship work, but he's not doing a whole lot to accommodate, and he's not compromising. So this doesn't feel good. But, you know, I did, didn't really know how unhealthy that was. And I think that when you really take care of yourself, you can really identify the unhealthiness in your partner and in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had just had a, had a client tell me um, that she felt that this man that she's been dating is trying to control her and who she's friends with and, you know, sort of projecting into the future. And she was feeling really yicky and... But she spent so many years not taking care of herself at, in this extreme self-care way that she was always the enabler, that it's hard for her to really um, acknowledge those feelings, that they're valid, yeah. and those are feelings you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So um, so th- this is really, really important. I'm glad you brought up the self-care piece. Did you want to yeah. say something? I feel like I interrupted you for a minute. Oh no, there. no, not at all. It's 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 absolutely true. And and a woman who is doing that, if she's taking care of herself, she's radiating that. She is mm-hmm. radiating that. And men are very attuned to to that. And you know they're very attuned to this is a woman who loves herself, who likes herself, who really takes care of herself. She's placing a priority on herself because a woman who's centered in her feminine grace knows that if she doesn't make herself a priority, nobody else will. Mhm. Mhm. Very true. Yeah. And that and it reflects into everything in your life. I mean, I think what people don't realize is that if you practice this in all of your relationships, you know, and you're really taking care of yourself, you're going to attract better friendships and better work relationships and better sibling relationships, you know, really setting clear boundaries, prioritizing your own needs so you're not giving up the most important things that matter to you for anybody. Um, You know, I think that people really don't understand that whole concept of what compromise really means. um, It never means giving up your own self-care. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, something that you said, that women need to have a vision for the life that that they want to create in order Mm -hmm. to, you know, to have that set up before looking for a partner. So can you describe what, what is that vision and why it's important? Yeah, so, you know, really it's, I... I had, um, it was really about the, what we were just talking about in terms of the, the life that I want to, wanted to create as a joyful life. And so it really is, it's about, um, first, it, it is important that a woman is, she still needs to be crystal clear on what her core needs and values are and the qualities and values that her most aligned partner will have, but the first question that she needs to to answer is what kind of life do I want to create and then find who fits into that because, um, you know, finding a partner first and then thinking about what kind of life you want to build with them is, is a mistake because if a woman's vision for her life is I want to live a life of, you know, half the time in Central, you know, South America and half, you know, the time in, you know, Aspen, Colorado, I mean, this is a life that she's envisioning for herself, you know, in her, you know, as she, after she retires or even before she retires, perhaps. But if she 
finds a, a man, if she finds a partner who is very content to sit at home and, you know, mm-hmm. in the same city 12 months out of the year, mm, that's a that's a mismatch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, why I and say it, that's and important. That goes for, yeah, no, it's so important. And not just, you know, environment and, you know, those are really important and people don't know how important those things are. Like somebody mm-hmm. wants to live in the country and you want to live in the city. And, I mean, those are actually fights that my ex-husband and I had because he had a set idea about where he wanted to live, which was different from what we had discussed before we got married, and that was part of the inflexibility, that he had to be in a certain place, and I was much more flexible, but where he wanted to live really didn't work for me in the long run with our family. So I think you need to know, and you also need to know the the lifestyle you want to have, you know, all those kinds of things, And, and some people live extravagant lifestyles where they buy things that are way out of their budget and if that makes you really uncomfortable, you're not going to be happy with that person. Okay. Um, you know, and so it's it's not to take those things lightly. Um, there was a book that I read right when I became a dating coach many years ago called um, Will, the, Will Our Love Last? Or Will This Love Last, I think. It was by a guy named Hamburg. And he talks about the three most important pillars of compatibility. And one is, the worldview, sharing a worldview, mm-hmm. um, which is so important. It's uh, he said he he described going to a movie with a girl he was dating, and he came out with a completely different way of seeing the movie. She thought it was the best movie in the world, and he was like, "This movie sucked." And and it had, I mean, you can say, "Well, that's not so important," but it was because. Mm-hmm. She saw the world so differently, and he said that was sort of his litmus test from then on. He wanted to take every woman to that movie <laughs> and see how she liked it. Um, so, you know, there's the the every day, um, you know, so there's the environment and what you eat and how you sleep and do you like it hot, do you like it cold. Right. Those little things, if there's a whole bunch of them that are out of alignment, it's going to not be good. And the the third one is the sexual compatibility, and mm-hmm. and that has much more to do with, uh, you know, with it's it's much broader than just do we both like sex or do we feel that we're sexually right. compatible. It has to do with do we both like sex twice a week? Do we like it <laughs> this way that that way? You know, it's right. there's so many things that have to line up. So right. it's you know, taking those things really seriously. But all right, so let's get back to um, back to feminine, the feminine grace. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've covered we've covered a lot about um, what it means to be in your feminine grace, why it's important to have extreme self care, mm-hmm. um, why you have to have a vision for the life you want to create before you look for a partner, mm-hmm. and. Um, so, you know, the, there's another thing that you said um, that I totally agree with, that you talk about how a woman can tell a lot about a man on a first date. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, and, and vice versa. So tell me, tell me what you mean by that. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I have I have spent a lot of time studying how men and women communicate and and my expertise comes from many years of being in the people business as well as, you know, specialized training and how to be effective in communicating with a man and with a woman. And um men say what they mean. Women do not say what they mean. Women don't say what they mean because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They don't want to rock the boat. But men tell you who they are from the get-go. And particularly on a first date, I coach my clients all the time, pay attention because he is telling you who he is. And in coaching, you know, we call it listening for clues. So, um, you know, I say if something catches your attention, step over nothing. And you can approach dating with curiosity and observation in a graceful way way without interrogating somebody. Um, Let me give you a real live example. Um, Mm -hmm. I uh, had a date very recently, and I met uh, this gentleman online. And um, I should preface this with um, I am not a big fan of texting. That is that's a preference for me. Um, I use it for informational purposes. You know, I you know like I need the address or I'm running five minutes be- behind. But I especially don't want to receive texts from a man that I haven't met yet. I think it's a false sense of connection. There's lots of room for miscommunication. And so, you know, when I'm emailing somebody and the man asks for my phone number, I say up front. I prefer not to text. I look forward to hearing your voice. So essentially I'm setting a boundary. Mm -hmm. And um, so I spoke with this gentleman on the phone. Uh, He asked me to dinner. He asked me what kind of food that I like and what part of town I lived in because he wanted to come to me. And, you know, we set the time and the date. And uh, and that, that was that. A couple hours later, he texted me. And it said, I know you don't like to text, but... So here, for me, it was he is dismissing how I said I want to receive communication. And um, so, you know, that was was something I needed to to pay attention to. It doesn't seem very big, but there's more. And so when I did meet him, uh, he was very much a gentleman, Uh, what kind of wine I liked. He ordered the wine, uh, just really uh, very, you know, took the lead on everything, which I love. You know, it's so much easier, let me tell you, to be in my feminine grace uh, now that I'm not Mm -hmm. in that, that environment that recognized and rewarded, you know, those male traits like directing and taking the lead. And so I'm really enjoying, you know, somebody making the plans and, and doing all of those things. But he was intrigued by the fact that I'm a coach. Now, mind you, I do not tell men that I'm meeting that I'm a dating and relationship coach. It makes them uncomfortable. I say I'm a life coach, which I am. And um, and so he wanted to talk to me about that, and he wanted to share with me a couple of uh, situations that he had going on with work, difficulty he had with people, and that he had had a coach. And so he went into great detail about his relationship with his you know superiors and a colleague and mistreating him etc and so you know i was listening but uh then the second big data point was he kept referring to an ex but his profile said he's a widower so i asked him about that and he said oh no that's that's not correct i need to go back and change that 
I was married for 30 years. I've been divorced for five years. It was a very tumultuous divorce. Um, I no longer speak to my ex-wife. She's poisoned my two daughters against me. I don't speak to one of my daughters. The other daughter has told me that I need to respect her boundaries. All right. (laughs) I am (laughs) getting a lot of data, you know, in this one meeting. And so, um, you know, it... At the end of the um, uh, the date, he asked if he could walk me to my car, if he could see me again. Uh, he was a perfect gentleman. So as perfect of a gentleman as he was, he told me who he was. He has a lot of conflict in his life. I didn't mm-hmm. need any more information. That's what I mean, that he a man tells you who he is very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a great example. Um, yeah, and and people often push um, push all of that away. They say, "Oh, well, but he's such a nice guy, and he's so good looking, and he's you know he's treated me so nicely." Well, all of those things are great, but right. if he has a lot of conflict and he's not talking to one of his kids, and he's got conflict at work, then mm-hmm. you're picturing, "Yeah, we're going to have some conflict here." Right. This is, this does not feel right. So you listen right. to your instincts, and you did not go out with him again? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he did, and I will say, he did call and ask me out again. And mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I think um, there is a graceful way, and I think this is important, I do coach my clients to do this, is to be gracious and to be in your feminine grace. And I did actually uh, send him a text and I told him that I really appreciated the time that he took to meet me and um, that I enjoyed getting to know him, that I know where I am in my life, and I know that we're not a match, and I, I wish him the best in his search. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a nice, graceful way to to exit that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of women have problems with breaking things off. Um, so I write about this a lot too because people do need these kinds of scripts to yeah. be in in their feminine grace and mm-hmm. and to end things, not to let it drag on. So, yeah, good stuff, Nicole. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, how can people find you? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I would love for them. They can find me on datingwithgrace.me. And um, I do actually have a, a free gift for, for uh, folks if they um, would like a copy of Three Tips Tips to Dating in the 21st Century While Being in Their Feminine Grace. They can go to uh, datingwithgrace.me and sign up on my homepage for a copy. Um, they can also follow me on Facebook, uh, forward slash Dating with Grace, and on Twitter, Nicole DeRocco1. It's Nicole DeRocco and the number one Great. is my handle. Awesome. I also have a number one. Um, (laughs) So um, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on the show today and sharing the wisdom of dating with grace and being in your feminine and really living your best life because that's what this is all about, living your best life first and then seeing if a man fits into that life um, because your life is already so wonderful and right. not twisting into a pretzel to accommodate That's right. some guy because <laughs> you will not be happy. That's um, right. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and um, have a great day. And thank you 
everybody for listening today, and I hope you all go out and date in your feminine grace and go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.